Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Brent. And this is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Karen! What, what, am I here to amuse you? What, am I funny? I'm funny how? How? I'm funny? Fuck you. (laughs) Cue the theme song. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You want fuck or you want something, in the year 1990 and i believe this is our first marty scorsese movie uh we got goodfellas starring ray liotta bobby de niro uh joe pesci lorraine bracco which uh, Brent did not realize was Lorraine Bracco when I watched it with him last night. I was like, that's Melfi from Sopranos. And Dave's like, no. Our Brent was like, what? What? Yeah. yeah. I didn't, didn't uh, put that together before. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, also, we did notice that pretty much everyone in this movie is in The Sopranos. Pretty close like, to it. Almost yeah. the whole cast was just basically Scorsese. Or, uh, David Chase just went. And I saw one little snippet, like a like a three second shot of Tatalia from The Godfathers. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. It's that's right. It's just in a passing camera shot. Where they're introducing in the all yeah, of Polly the, uh, Walnuts is basically just a cameo, and um, yeah, Michael. Um, oh, Phil Imperioli. He's Phil Spider. Is, Phil is the uh, guy they kill from. He's Phil in The Sopranos, right. the one who Tony's always fighting with from New York. Phil. The oh yeah, silver haired yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. I couldn't remember his name in The Sopranos last night. It's Phil. Yeah, fucking um, Phil. So this movie is about uh, Henry Hill, I guess. Um, and this is a, a kind of a true story brought to life. But uh, Henry is a young lad in a uh, in a bad gangster run neighborhood. But he falls in love with the lifestyle, gets hooked up with it early, uh, finds out that there's a bunch of money and power connected with it, and slowly comes up through the ranks to basically be a uh, a well connected hood. Yeah, and it is a true story. Henry Hill. This is all based on like factually the times, the years, and all those things. Even some of the heists. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he uh, was still alive when this came out. He was doing interviews, obviously from hiding. This guy used to call into the Howard Stern show regularly. Yeah, in from hiding. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, from hiding. I know. I know. And hey, he's, is he since passed? I don't know. If I think he passed a few years ago. I think actually. he died natural of natural causes or a disease or something, but I don't think he was. Yeah. Lucky guy, given the crowd he was mixed up with. Yeah, we can check that because uh, I, I don't remember. It wasn't, if he did die, it wasn't that long ago. But uh, from the start of this movie, um, I'm uh, someone who studies screenwriting and likes to write and stuff. Uh, a voiceover is uh, generally a thing that a lot of people will try to avoid if they possibly can. And in this movie, they use voiceover in the... Um, watching they use it, two sets. It, well, it's the most unique. I've never seen voiceover used in such a great way before because uh, it's the, it's they're using visual storytelling and, and he's talking over top of the visual storytelling. But he's also talking in the past perspective, like... Yes. Yeah. But what's also interesting is not only is that voiceover for the most part great, especially in the beginnings of the movie, but then when he meets Karen, her, she gets voiceover. Look at her side. Yeah. That's which is so was. interesting. And then her first impressions of Henry. And anyway, the voiceover is used so well in this movie and is not a detriment to the writing or, or it's great world building, constantly creating the, not only the cast of characters, but like how they live and how they react to things and how they 
how they skirt the law or the law is a part of them or the corruption and it's very I also like too though it's like building that credibility because like henry hill isn't i don't know if anyone's a, a crazy mob fanatic but i am mm. um like i'm a gun fanatic you are a mob fanatic yes take it over and then. you well you can't you can't get into the mob if you're not Italian and it's Sicilian in specific. I think you can't get like a, you can't be a made man if you're not from Sicily, I think. Yeah. Depending. I don't know. But, um, but Henry Hill is, is part Irish or whatever. So he's never going to be made same as Jimmy in the movie, right? Those guys are never going to be made, but you see how he becomes such a trusted member of the inside circle there because he comes up from a kid you get to see all of that and and you buy into it and you understand why they buy into him and um and it it makes it so it makes sense as opposed to just showing later or kind of like jumping to it and you kind of wonder how they would trust a guy like that on the inside so well yeah yeah and um like, oh it all true it was all true though but yeah, yeah. you're right it's also 2012 by the way henry hill died of heart related uh, heart disease oh, okay. oh, bye henry bye. the yeah. mobsters won natural causes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but good for him, like Brent said, for being able to avoid, uh, I'm sure uh, for a long time, people wanted to get rid of him. I think he wasn't even in hiding at the end. Yeah, I don't know. I um, think you're right. I think a lot of people... I think he just came out. and I think t- a lot of time had passed, and yeah, and people, it wasn't a... You wouldn't think a, they'd forget. You wouldn't think, but, you know, it'd be a few generations, maybe. Yeah. Later. That's well, a lot of those story. guys were older yeah. too, right? Like they were yeah. already made guys when he was a kid in the movie, I think. Yeah, the guy Paul who, was uh, the boss, Jimmy, right? who is Robert De Niro's character, he died. He was supposed to be released in early 2000s, but he died in 96, I think, of heart 04. failure. 04, he was eligible for parole. Yeah, and he died in, I think, died in 96. And I was going to look that up. Yeah. That's good to know. Also, yeah. I uh, um, did research on uh, the mafia for another project, and I found that um, in the... Uh, in the after 9/11, uh, the there's like a ton of uh, effort by the FBI to 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 get rid of uh, organized crime, and, and the mafia kind of went back underground for a long time and was kind of weak. The Rico shit. Yeah, mm. apparently now it's getting stronger again because the FBI spent so much time looking into uh, terrorism and other things that the mafia is kind of having a resurgence right now. Mm. So that might also be why Henry was able to come out uh, right before he died and. Uh, but the story is is fascinating because it is i always feel when i'm watching it like he is constantly an outsider even when he's in whenever jimmy they always put him in the middle when scorsese frames him jimmy's on one side of him and tommy's on the other and he's always feel it always feels like it's a guy who's experiencing it but still not quite a part of it well he doesn't do murder yeah, he he's helps not. to plan. He hands off some ideas, even with the big heist. He's kind of like he gets called a genius, but he like basically gave a tip, and that was it. He wasn't involved in it, um, so he does kind of stay on the outside. He's actually safe through a lot of the ending of the movie that way because um, he's helping Jimmy make some money with the drug angle. But when Jimmy's whacking out everybody else who was involved in that um, Lufthansa, whatever the that yeah. big heist was, which is that was a huge deal when it happened. They actually yeah. solved that crime. In real life, like only a couple of years ago. Oh, no oh for way. real? Yeah. And they put people, if they were alive, they put people away for that. No shit. Yeah. But the, uh, the, the inciting incident, which I thought was so weird to this movie, because I'd seen it a lot before, and, and I've never really analyzed it structurally, but it, the inciting incident is, is when he uh, does, gets caught, doesn't rat out the mafia, and they kind of they give him his initiation 
It's like his bar mitzvah. Yeah, they're all waiting for him outside. Oh, and they're you like, broke your cherry. Oh. Yeah, and they all have stuffing money in his pocket. Yeah. yeah, and then there's this huge hugging and kissing, and then there's a freeze frame, and it goes to him as an adult. And uh, that is the inciting incident is, is his acceptance, like Brent said, as someone who was an outsider who, who they kind of embrace. I like I like the opening too, where they they're driving in the car and they pop the trunk and there's the mm-hmm. dude in there. It's a really gruesome, like stabbing, multiple stabbing gunshot, and then it just goes to Henry's face, and he's like, "My whole life, I always wanted to be a gangster." And it's like, what? And the music cues, yeah, are great. That's that one scene right there gives you an indication of who everybody is too. Yeah, like, it does. Like De Niro gestures at the trunk, right? He's the boss. Leota goes and opens the trunk, right? He's like the go-to guy. And then fucking Pesci pulls out a kitchen knife. And you're like, oh, that guy's a psycho. Like, who brings a kitchen knife? Yeah. yeah. But then he stabs him. And then De Niro comes over and shoots him. Yeah. Just yeah. just thorough as hell. Yeah. It does really. Brent's right. Those acts really do establish like that. That Pesci's the psycho. But Colin pointed out um, the really good part of this is that they develop... Um, like Leota has the save the cat moment right when he's young mm-hmm. that guy comes when he's like first time I saw a guy get shot and that guy comes over to the storefront yeah and he's using all the aprons yeah. to bandage up his arm or You're whatever a real jerk wasted four <laughs> aprons <laughs> wasted four aprons on that guy it was eight aprons eight, um, that's right, yeah. but that's that's all part of it right you, you see that he um he's an empathetic yeah gentleman kind Compassion. of like he's involved yeah. in crime and he likes the world and he likes what it what comes with it but like you said, he's not the murderer. He's not the violent guy. You don't, like, he's not an enforcer. He's just kind of like a, I don't know. He seems to be more like a nimble kind of, um, I don't know. What the yeah, fuck I don't is know the what word the right I'm name looking for, for it is it either. But yeah, it's his compassion, that his compassion and his, uh, and he, he's not, it's almost like he's surrounded by sociopaths. He's like a gentleman mobster. Yeah, he's I not guess, a yeah. He doesn't not do the violent crime. He, do, he does some theft and he definitely strategizes and, and helps plan things. Yeah. But Throughout the movie, they plant that seed too because when they when they kill that other guy in the bar, the look on his face when they're he's doing it. He's always shocked. Like when Spider gets shot in the foot, he's yeah, like the look concerned. On his face. When Spider gets shot in the chest just one scene later, he's like, what the hell happened? Scorsese does a good job of, of always just having that one or two quick shots of, of his him reacting to the, the yeah. horror, the violence. Yeah. yeah, he likes the money, but not the... Uh, not that part of it anyway but he accepts it too it's not like he's complaining and pushing back um he's actually able to stay pretty calm through a lot of scenes like the um, the guy with the wigs um murray yeah i think his name's murray um he tries maurice. to save yeah, maurice over yeah he does again. right and even when um bobby de niro is like we're gonna whack this guy out tonight basically he's like okay and he goes along with it he doesn't rub the wrong way he, like so if it actually had gone through that night um he, I don't. He wouldn't have stopped it, but he well, was just. It ended up going on that night, just I not know. with Henry. Yeah. Well, I think I think Jimmy does that on purpose. I think Jimmy knows that Henry's not that guy. Yeah. And I think he knows that that Henry likes Maurice, and he just kind of like, I think that's a moment where he, because they're all getting along, and Maurice is funny and getting along yeah. with Pesci's telling the story and stuff like that, and it's a good moment, and so you think that Jimmy's like, yeah, that thing about tonight, like forget about it. Yeah. But I think what that really is is just him. Giving, giving um, Henry, Henry a pass, yeah, not yeah. Maurice, right? I, I 100% agree. That's really actually interesting that you said that because it, it, it's, it's him. He likes, he likes Henry. So he well, knows, Henry's always trying to be the go-between yeah, with and Maurice. And so he knows too. Henry's not going to be able to enjoy 
the rest of the evening if that's weighing on him. So he lets him off the hook, like you said, gives him a pass. It's a really yeah. great way of putting it. Mm -hmm. The directing, too, is this is the first time in a long time I've watched uh, a Scorsese movie. And uh, I never paid, I mean, I always liked his directing, but I really paid attention to the directing and like this guy fucking oh my god this everyone's, guy fucks everyone stole everyone stole <laughs> from this guy like you can see those the, there's so many shots that are are not just the long ones where they're walking but even the shots where things are going on and then things in the background are going on and you're you're pushing the camera through to he does a focus he does a bunch of those push shots um yeah kind of like to give you the gravity of the situation like it's sinking in for the character like there's one really good one on jimmy I think in the bar when that guy's going to get stabbed, whatever, when it just kind of like zooms in on him, it's really good for kind of giving you a moment to sink in what's going on. And just a lot of long, yeah, long um, takes where things develop, like as we're moving through a doorway and then into the room and then the pull focus and then just like, oh, I, it's, it's such a great thing to watch when somebody knows what they're doing. And I don't feel like a lot of today's movies don't, have this any longer because of we cut so much now with editing yeah it's just so easy to to cut rather than to do this and so it's a, i feel like it's almost an, a dying that kind of directing is almost a dying art well they give it the space that it deserves and now you can't give the space because the attention span is so short right but this movie wasn't um I, but it i was around in a different time i also I don't feel like this is a slow movie i feel like it is a, it's not yeah, slow it, it's long. It's like two hours it's, forty. It's okay. The it's one, long. One, but my not, one but complaint I agree, not, is not not necessarily slow. My one complaint is this movie is too long, and um, up until they start meeting his girlfriend and stuff, they they hadn't repeated themselves a lot. They do a lot of stuff I would have gotten rid of about his girlfriend that not only repeats kind of what they already did in the beginning with like where they go to her his boss, her boss, like. She got a job, but she didn't like to go. So they're like grabbing her and strangling the boss. And we're like, Karen can do whatever the fuck she wants. They already did that with the mailman. Yeah, in the, the school. So you just don't need to see that stuff again. So there are thing, big chunks of this movie. There's that, way too much of the first girlfriend, period. Yeah. She's only yeah. a piece to, to so that he can the introduce the, the other girl. You could probably just yeah. get rid of the first girlfriend. Who get, we, we know he's fucking a bunch of chicks because we see him with a bunch of different women. Yeah, at different who cares where she yeah, comes we don't, from? We don't, we, you could probably have lifted out all of the first girlfriend. What about some of Karen's stuff, too, where she's hanging out with the other mobsters' wives? Um, I really like that for world building, though. Yeah, I was thinking more because she's having the voiceover, and you got to have her perspective just to show that she's not, she's not blameless in what ends up happening. Because she's like, you know, even when he she he goes across the street to beat up the the neighbor, and he gives her the gun to hold, and she's like, I gotta admit it, turn me on. And I was like, whoa, that's fucking. I, I do like, I you. I don't know. I feel like I was going to say that stuff's like kind of cliche, but I don't think it's only cliche because of Goodfellas. I don't think there was that stuff before Goodfellas. Yeah. That where the, with the wives talking about hitting their kids and uh, putting on all the makeup and stuff. I mean, I guess it was 90. Maybe it was. I know. Because I don't think I don't the know. Godfather ever tackled any of this. Godfather no, didn't like address that. this stuff. No, Godfather no. didn't have anything to do with And then Sopranos, the Sopranos really made fun of this in a, in a great way with their, their characters. I mean, Sopranos... Sopranos stole so much from this movie. I mean, in a great way, like not in a negative way. Like Sopranos basically took this Goodfellas and made it into a cool TV show. Is yeah, what they, they did. They almost uh, took a satirical spin on a lot of this stuff. A little bit, yeah, yeah. They use it for humor, like he does, though. He uses it for humor too, though. Scorsese. So I, I feel like the tone of this movie really inspired Chase. 
when he was writing even the pilot probably of the sopranos yeah 100 i think you can't just, have the sopranos without this no, no. absolutely not this influenced yeah, right. a lot of mob maybe all of them i don't know like this is kind of the quintessential i mean the godfather obviously. new age new newer age i guess this yeah, he took it, The Godfather and once again did, put a different spin on it. But I feel like the book... A modern spin. Because like The Godfather is all set in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, and this, this that, starts yeah. in the 50s just to give you that little flavor. When he's a but, kid, But yeah. then it comes right up to the 70s um, to 80s, show everybody. 80s, actually. Even. Well, I think, 70s, and I think it ends in the early 80s. Like yeah. 1980 is when he gets the busted. The 80s is like the coke-fueled Yeah, era. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I... I uh, really enjoyed uh, a lot of the stuff. Like I said, some of it could have gone, but I, I would have left in the wife stuff. I, I really like how they go to the country club. Just a little tiny detail is he tries to pay with cash. Oh, yeah. And she well, says, no, 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 you have to sign on this thing here. And, and it really shows how different they, different places they were coming from. Yeah. Where they were from two different worlds. And she uh, gets seduced by his world. Yeah. And uh he and he would never have fit into hers cuz he wouldn't he didn't understand no, it. No, he didn't belong. Yeah. He didn't want to. He the, the, her world was made up of all the types of people that he what do you call them schnooks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, those people were dead. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who like Working go to work, fives, job, go to work, pay taxes. Yeah. We wanted something, we took it. Well, the biggest thing of that when they're um at their wedding, they have that big bag of cash gifts. Yeah. And they're dancing, doing the first dance or whatever. And she mentions to him, she's like, Henry, the, the, the bag. bag's gone. And he goes, oh, you don't got to worry about that here. <laughs> no one's like, taking that. That's awesome to me. Yeah, me yeah. too. I like that as well. I don't know why I just thought of it. I also like young Joe Pesci. That's, when he calls him Hendry. Yo, Hendry, nice to meet you. I, I so, did not know that was Tommy. Colin didn't. And when we were watching nice. it, I go, I go, look how good the casting is on young Pesci. Because he looks like young and Pesci. And Colin pauses it and he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and he rewinds it to hear it introduced. And he's like, this is Tommy. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. And that guy, actually, the kid, I realize, is doing a Pesci impression. Yeah. Yeah, he's even got the little voice, kind of. Yeah, he, he, they must have... Uh, Kind of known what Pesci's character is. Maybe they shot that last or Maybe, later, yeah. oh, and like, they already knew where Pesci was going to go. Well, you know what Pesci sounds like. That's all the kids got to do. Is <laughs> yes, try to do like he, a little bit of a. You that's motherfucker! The best you. Oh, that was a great Pesci. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Deep John. Can you do? Oh, that's a good one. Can yeah. you do that for the rest of the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> can you say you motherfucker? You. You motherfucker! You. That's such a good Pesci. That's a great Pesci. Not bad. This that... show is no longer about hold up. It's just Pesci reviews movies. <laughs> That's all I'll say. That's what all. Do you, all think of this one? you motherfucker! <laughs> Speaking of fuck, um, this movie great set a record at the time for most fucks in a movie, which I think then was overdone by Casino, another Scorsese movie. And this is also and then by Wolf of Wall Street now holds the record for most fucks. Which is in a another movie. Scorsese movie and i will say that this uh a lot of people probably don't know this but this is uh not not the first because the first movie shot uh, edited on a computer was uh the doors mm. by oliver stone but this was one of the first movies ever edited on digital final cut pro uh probably not no uh it was uh i think it was avid <laughs> oh, or Windows whatever movie maker, whatever right? avid became yeah, for sure Windows. it was r2d2 art or whatever and oh, then yeah. became avid but this was the one of the first ones and that is why uh they were able to edit that's why this movie does have a lot of a lot of cuts in it 
Yeah. Because the editor who'd always had to edit on a Steinbeck or Steinbeck or whatever they call them, where they have to actually edit with the Cut film. Cut the film in and yeah. tape it. And they, uh, you, you tend to make choices based on time. And they, they had all the time in the fucking world once you started on a computer. So they really went for it on this. Which uh, is interesting because this movie also had for a while the longest continuous shot, didn't it? And I know that yeah, we tried that. to look this up last night and it looks like it's not even in the top 10 anymore. But no, probably not. For a while, that shot when he's going into the club with her—it's a really smart shot because um, they end up going around a corner and going back through the same hall, just in a different way. And it, but it all looks like it's very fluid. You're going through the bowels of a building to end up in a club. It doesn't. That shot also, um, which I I always forget, does not cut until um, the guy's on stage doing jokes and the camera yeah. pans over to him. Yeah, and that's when it cuts. And mm-hmm. uh, they. They go through so many different areas, follow the table. Through the restaurant. Ah, uh, they yeah. only shot that eight times. Yeah. Which didn't is even take amazing. them they didn't even take them a whole day, they said. Yeah. That's great. It's a great scene. Yeah, it is. It it adds a little bit of uh I don't know, it something like that when you hear about it, you appreciate it more. And then I, I, I think back to like if I didn't realize at the time that that was one big continuous shot, does that make me feel any different about the scene or is it just impressive technically? I think it does make you feel different. It definitely made me feel like we were going through a... There's a reason why... That's the thing that Scorsese understands. I feel like a lot of filmmakers don't understand today, including like, you know, like some of the big ones that are working today, like that with a Spielberg. Like because you're following them and you're not cutting... Like a lot of people probably didn't, wouldn't even notice there wasn't any cuts. No. They, but, but you're just... You're so focused on what's going on and all the things around them. Like you're kind of doing what they're doing which is going through these and meeting all these people and then the table comes in. So I feel like it's Karen's perspective. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I feel like this really gives you an idea of her, um, like, well, her perspective on, on, cause it's still early on in their relationship. Very, early. very. Yeah. So it's yeah. a big Getting, whirlwind. Like they're walking through the hall. He knows there? everybody. Like, no, they'll take care of the car. Yeah. yeah. And then he walks through the kitchen yet. And like, that's, you know, super weird to go in place through the kitchen. Yeah. And then he gets there. They bring a table for him. Yeah. He t- and then she, she says he tips the guy like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah. She, he tipped everyone a hundred bucks. She yeah. said. Yeah. Everybody doesn't matter who they were. And then, um, that guy sends over the Dom and they're yeah. like the most mafia looking guys <laughs> yeah, ever. <I> <laughs> yeah. She should have known she's right like, there. What do you do again? <laughs> I'm in construction. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, you don't look like your hands feel, don't feel yeah. like, and he's like, I'm a union rapper or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a union. Which is like, once again, a huge red flag. She looked at him kind of like she didn't believe it, but then she was just too overwhelmed by how awesome it was. That's always yeah. so funny. It always reminds me of the scene in The Sopranos pilot where Tony sits down with Murphy and she asks what he does for a living. And he's like, I'm in mean, waste, waste management. management. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and then she's like, um, you know that anything you say to me about violence, because like as soon as he says that, she knows. So yeah. Karen, well, but Karen's naive. She lives in the suburbs with her, oh, she's yeah. super her Jewish naive. parents. She gets on board with it. She, I don't know. She's not naive enough to not know. She kind of suspects immediately. And then later on, when through events and occurrences, she it's confirmed for her what he does. But she still doesn't care. At the I also, she becomes a true mafia wife. Yeah. It's the, the perks. By the she's end, able to yeah. overlook it yeah. all, right? By the <laughs> end, she's... She's, yeah, exactly like the women she used to mock. There's yeah. a funny scene. Uh, I forget. He gets a whole bunch of cash for something, and she asks for some money to go shopping, mm. and he gives her a big wad of cash, and then she starts to go down, and he's like, oh, 
okay. <laughs> we we were around that. Yeah, that's funny. We went back and looked at that again. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's. <laughs> She's like, I need some money. He goes, yeah. How much? She just holds up her fingers for like yeah. a width of yeah. the yeah. stack. Yeah, that's I know. But I mean, that seemed like it was something they did every morning. Yeah, that was. Uh, she said going shopping, and he's yeah, it's like, an okay. expensive blowjob. I um, was. I mean, he could have got his girlfriend to do it for free. Yeah, well, and did. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, probably later that day. So then it, um, the way the movie ends up going, um, if you think about, I mean, obviously based on a true story. Um, so basically Polly, um, who's, who's the, the, big boss. the big boss of the neighborhood, um, he ends up kind of turning his back on Henry. He has to. And then, That's a but then the Jimmy, end, yeah, I know. But then, and then Jimmy um, basically sets Henry up to be whacked. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes those, those kind of two, two big things pushes Henry so far away because they're scared he's going to, that he's going to flip. Well, they make But then him they don't flip, commit yeah. to killing him. So then they kind of make him flip. So how can they really be that pissed off at the end of the day? Well, Did he, that happen? Like they should have just. He's supposed to take it though. Now. He's supposed to take the hit. You don't ever talk to the cops. Yeah. And you never tell on your friends. And if they say that in the beginning, I mean, it's really drilled into him and and Henry believes in that for a while. But Henry, I don't think Henry was going to do or say anything. The Jimmy thing set him off. Yeah. Because the Pauly thing was expected. Like he's bawling there and stuff like that. And and in the movie they make it, it's kind of like a, like he's, he is sad about that. But I think a little understanding also, because he's like 3,200 bucks. Yeah. He's like for a lifetime. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Pauly talked to him and like straight up told him like, there's this other guy that got nabbed just for talking yeah. to a guy that was selling drugs. Yeah. I'm not going to have that happen to me. Don't get involved well, in drugs. The other part of that Polly speech is that Polly talks down uh, Jimmy and talks down Tommy. He's like, he's like Jimmy's like, Jimmy's got That's ideas. That's what Brent said last and night. Tommy, Tommy's like a wild card. And so he he's goes, almost like you have to be the level-headed guy of anybody. You you got to be the one to carry this for through. Him. I know, yeah. No, but Brent's comment last night was when he says that to him, the very first guys he goes to are those two guys that yeah, he got I warned know, about immediately. Well, he well, does. There is, there is buddy, so... Which I know, is why, still. like, and that's like I started to say it before, and Colin told me to to, to wait, but save it, man. I feel so sorry for Polly, man, because Polly is actually like you never see him do. You know he's involved in some shit, yeah. but you never see it. All he is is very even keeled, very kind to 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 Henry, right? And um, kind of like this father figure. And at the end, when they're in court, and and uh. The, the lawyer says, you know, can you point out this guy? And Henry points at Jimmy, right? That's okay. Because you kind of are against Jimmy at that point anyways. Jimmy was also wrapped in drugs. He was going to maybe kill Karen. Yeah. And he was, was going to probably kill Henry when he goes to Florida, right? Hendry. Hendry. <laughs> and, um, and then they say, can you point out blah, blah, blah. And he points to Polly. That always makes me so sad, man. Because Polly is like was trying to do right by Henry the whole time. Know, he's, Polly, he's still a degenerate Polly's mobster all guy. Of it, though. Yeah. All of it. But he, he but he didn't order the hits on him. Jimmy I, was doing all that shit himself. No, the same thing I with just, all the hits for the Lufanza thing. That's all Jimmy acting on his yeah, own. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't think so. I think, well, I don't that know part if is, that part might be, but yeah. I think that uh, that Jimmy would have gotten the okay from Polly to whack him, sent him to... Polly to whack him right there in, no, in but Jersey. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, when they're going to send him away to somewhere to go do a job with somebody. Yeah. I'm sure he got the okay from Polly to whack him. There's I don't no think fucking he need way. to. Polly had already turned his back on him. I know, but what I'm just saying is, is like, it, it, and I don't know it as well as you maybe, but I'm pretty sure you, sh- 
you would get the higher up guy you, you be might. okay from I can him. see it. Like you it, don't need you to. You can't stop that I'm train, I'm not saying though, you like, need to. I'm just saying I thought that was a whole deal with being like the Tony Soprano is Tony's got a fucking okay before he's just go whacking people. Because they said in the beginning, like, there's got to be wheels and structure. And obviously, you don't have you don't have to ask. Unless it's a made guy, you have to get permission. You do for a made and guy. And he's not a made guy, but... He's I'm, not only, a ma- he's not, only a, not a made guy, he's a disgraced... Um, but he's got to make uh, sure associate. that Polly. He's got to make sure that Polly's not going to be mad if he does it, because you said Polly does like him. Yeah. So he'd probably say it's time, and that's Polly why he, would be like, "Yeah, it is time. We got to get rid of him." He would have done it right away. I, I don't. I don't know why him. you like Polly. <laughs> why he can't even thought Polly's a murderer, son of a bitch. I said already he just that doesn't he pull is. The you don't see it, but it's beca- like Henry goes to him. He gives him the cash, and then he just straight up says, "Like now, I got to turn my back to you." That to me is the is the is the period on that relationship. Polly doesn't pursue a murder and stuff after that. Otherwise, I don't think it would have went down like that. He I, wouldn't have given him thirty two hundred. The yeah. reason I disagree, that's fucking peanuts to him. The reason I disagree with that is because Still. he says like they're they'll act like you're their friends, which they do, and he's like, Here's thirty two hundred dollars, like now I gotta turn my back on you and then like he could have been on the phone the minute later saying you gotta take care of him. I mean he could have, it just doesn't strike to me like the way it goes. And part of my Polly's a piece of shit. Like, at times <laughs> no. at times I like kind of feel bad for, for Polly as well, but then, like, just with how tr- how poorly uh, Henry's family is treated when Henry's on the inside and, like, no one's helping them, uh, including Polly's, like, not helping them out. So I was kind of like, that's kind of a dick move. Wouldn't you try and, like, at least somewhat take care of your people? Yeah, that always was a little weird to me. I'm not sure why they didn't. He said it's Because you rules. would think that they do. Yeah. Well, he says, yeah. Like, he says to Karen, he's like, yeah, we talked about this. Like, you, when a guy goes away, that's it. You know what I mean? We got to fend for ourselves. But I do agree with John. I, I kind of didn't think that was the way it was. I thought there was some support there. Because you're doing everyone a favor by keeping your mouth shut. Yeah. So when you go away, there's a little bit of compensation, I think, expected. Yeah. Because you're still doing your work shut. there, yeah. right? Like, I guess they can't. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, it's That's always kind of weird rules. Then it looks like they start to take care of you again, to at least help you get back on your feet when you get out. It's because you're an earner again. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's also, I, I think the rule, are, I, it would make sense to me that the rule would be that they don't want to affili- affiliate, be affiliated with you when you're in jail. Yeah. So they distance themselves. And then when you get out and you've served your time, they can... They yeah. can kind of get back with you again. I, yeah. I don't know if that's the yeah, reason. I'm know. guessing that yeah, that's what it would be. I'm not sure. Yeah. They had a pretty sweet jail. But scene, one of my other. Lobster and steak. And what a great thing. Directing scenes was. I do like when. Uh, like I would get rid of all of the first girlfriend's part. It just slows the movie down. Yeah, but no. the second girlfriend where Karen goes over to his house and she's buzzing her and she's calling the superintendent and saying. That was the first, girlfriend. The first girlfriend. Oh, well. Janice Rossi, appointment 403. You're a whore. <laughs> <laughs> she's pushing all the buttons. <laughs> There's a whore living in this building. Uh, get your that's own a good, that's a good Karen. And then Thank you. The, uh, that's all I got. Brent does got a good Karen. And then when she, she you puts, motherfucker, you. <laughs> God dang, that's good. Um, when she puts the gun to his face, yeah, is a great scene. Yeah, very and then well she cries, directed. I'm sorry at the end. Yeah, of yeah. That. after he the hits craziest. her and puts it to his face. But yeah. the thing, the thing her I face. love the most about that scene, she's on top of him. The gun is to his head, and you don't see this right then. But she says, um, as much as I like, I couldn't help it. I was still very attracted to him. Yeah. Then it shows her hand on the gun. Her finger is on the trigger, kind of like and it's nervously um, yeah, twitching, her twitching balls, balls a little fading, bit, right? Yeah. 
and you see how close it was coming. Like if there wasn't that attraction, he'd yeah. be dead. Yeah. It's only that like sexual animalistic yeah, kind even, of like I drive think, that's holding her there. I think she even said love. And then she's I'm no. Still she says a- attracted. Yeah, I was, I was still, still attracted. Very... Say I still love. She says I was still very attracted to him. Yeah. So it's, it's just oh. danger and shit. She's yeah. an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, kind she of. kind of is. Yeah, and then he gets on top of her, sticks the gun in her face, asks her how she likes it. Yeah. Then punches. He'd already hit her. Then he punches some other shit. Storms off, and she's like, "I'm sorry." Yeah, that's yeah. heartbreaking. Actually, it is okay, heartbreaking. Uh, was Karen right to flush? The coke. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. That's what I thought too. No, he was just crazy. Karen, he... that's sixty thousand dollars. It's easy looking back. Yeah. But you have a flood sure. of cops outside. I don't understand how they didn't go in the house anyways. So you have they to. They did. They did. They, did. they, did. they were banging on the it. door while she was. Oh, getting well, rid then, of it. Yeah. Obviously. So they would have found it. Like, where could she have hidden it? Um, yeah. No, she made the right same decision. Place she hid the yeah. pistol. Right in her. That, that was a lot of coke. <laughs> I do, I do like that Some shot people are more she, accommodating than others. Did you ever that, see Throatzilla? That pistol's <laughs> also not staying in those panties. That's going to fall out. Yeah, yeah that's totally. Rock, so they should have given her some more support. Yeah. Yeah. There like a go. belt. She was like wearing briefs or granny panties. Yeah. The, what kind of panties were they? That was like a bikini fucking cut <laughs> panty. They're nice. Whatever it is, I'd wear them. Um... <laughs> Okay, uh, you know what other scene I absolutely love is the um, when they're driving with the mobster in their trunk and they stop by at, uh, at Tommy's mom's house. Oh, fucking Scorsese's mom. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fucking her. such a good scene. So She's I, so good in this. When I was reading about that, and apparently um, a lot of the dialogue in this movie is ad-libbed, like based on what was written in the script, but that's how so many swear words ended up in the movie is because people were just kind of naturally talking. Instead of uh, uh, and there's uh a lot of fucking fucking... Yeah, there's a lot of scenes where they did unexpected things to get good reactions from people, like um, um, when Joe Pesci's doing the funny how thing. None mm-hmm. of that was pu- public knowledge, so he, Joe Pesci just started to go off so that people's reactions in the background were really genuine. Um, and a lot of the dialogue at the dinner um, where they're talking about the hoof being stuck in the thing and Joe Pesci saying, I'm going to borrow oh, this yeah. knife. That, that was all ad-libbed on the spot, <laughs> but it like worked so well. For the, for the oh, it's a sin. For yeah. his foot or I gotta, whatever. I got to chop hoof. it out. You know, oh. The hoof, the hoof. Ma, ma, come on. So, <laughs> I, I, I like when he says it's a, it's a sin. Yeah, it's, it's a, a sin. sin. <laughs> Can't leave it in there, you know, it's a sin. Yeah, and also the opening scene still to this day where, um, and uh, I Brent mentioned this too, like, what a great way to introduce Jimmy's character. Yeah. Or Tommy's character as an adult. Because first of all, he does the whole thing where he's like, oh, yeah. what's funny? What's so funny? What's so fucking funny about me? Yeah. Like a clown who amuse you? And yeah. so, you, and uh, Scorsese apparently shot, didn't shoot close-ups there, which, which people are, on the set were like, are you not going to do close-ups? Because he wanted the reactions of the other actors who were around the table to to what Tommy was doing. So good. Yeah. And then uh, when he's joking, but then also when that guy comes out and embarrasses him about asking for the bill. Yeah. But then you see him get really violent and uh, you you realize, oh, you know what? The reason why everyone was acting that way is because this guy is a fucking loose cannon. He hits that guy and then he sees a waiter, throws shit at the waiter. Yeah. And then comes back, and when he's doing that, you're a funny guy. Yeah. And he's like, ah, you son of a bitch. And he's pulling out his gun and stuff. There's a there's such a crazy tension there because Jimmy is so crazy. Tommy. Or Tommy Tommy's yeah. such a loose cannon. Yeah. That's that seems so good to introduce him because you understand, like, you haven't seen him as an adult yet, right? I think at that point. No, you haven't seen anything. Yeah. So him. that's adult Tommy for the first time, and then you know adult Tommy and um, Henry grew up together. That they're thick as thieves, right? Yeah. These two, 
And when Tommy is fucking with Henry in that scene, Henry is also scared, scared. Yeah. scared and giving him the gravity he that he deserves. Yeah. Everybody shuts up and is like, is, is on edge One guy try it. and speak up and he's like, no, 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 Anthony, he's a big boy. He can speak for himself, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah. Like, yeah, he's trying to protect them. Yeah. Everybody, man. And then they go through like Colin's saying, that guy comes over. He's like, well, $7,000, you know, it's not nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing or whatever. And he's like, you embarrassed me, blah, blah, blah. And he fucking kicks him off. Yeah. Then he's busting that guy's balls. Everybody in the restaurant is in on it. Yeah. yeah. If you look in the background of that scene, people sitting on the fucking upper level Are behind them. Are laughing along with him. He yeah. hits him. It's with a such bottle. a good scene. Yeah. Man. He hits him in the head with a the bottle, then kicks him. Yeah. And then when that other guy's that other <laughs> waiter is <laughs> looking at him, he like throws over uh, like champagne. The guy with the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> he, he chucks the champagne stand over at him. Yeah. And then I love when he's like, because also the things he's saying still to this day are very funny. It's, it's not the like it, it could have you could have put stuff in there that wasn't funny and they're all laughing at him. But it's genuinely funny. He's like, "Can you believe it? This prick last week he asked me to christen his kid." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll charge you seven thousand dollars. Seven thousand dollars for christening. Seven thousand dollars." Yeah, it's really funny. It yeah. is so, so funny. Like, it's great writing and great acting. And but then right after that scene too, again, part of the reason why I feel so bad for Polly, you go into the scene with that guy, the restaurant owner, sitting with Polly, talking to him, and you see who's sitting at the table with him is fucking Henry. Yeah. Henry is there not because he was there last night. He's there because he's like an advisor to Polly. He's one of Polly's yeah. like main guys. He's, he's the peacemaker because he knows both the guys. Exactly. Well, exactly. It's a sit down. Yeah. But I mean, it's just good because you see, and also something that I think is interesting is that I was pointing out to Colin last night. Um, everyone in that scene is wearing dark muted colors, mm. except for Henry, who's wearing a bright blue and red tracksuit yeah unzipped a little bit whatever you know what i mean <laughs> totally, like totally you get an, you get an idea right away too because you see it's the old world mafia club right yeah and um and then you see henry he's an outsider still right that's yeah, always driven home man yeah it's, younger they do a really good job of of even though they're not they're not you're not treated obtuse yes yeah. like you are in a lot no. of other movies no, it's right true. there's a lot of those subtleties that are carrying those um those things throughout the movie really well. It's funny that restaurant owner, when he's talking to Polly, who's a real life, life name is Paul Sorvino. Um, it, a him. lot of that was um, ad lib dialogue as well. So that Paul Sorvino's reaction is like, what, what is you talking about? I don't know anything about the restaurant, but like it's all legit him reacting. But, to I actually, knowing. but I actually think like, and this is my own interpretation, just what, what happens next is that Polly is feigning N no interest in the restaurant yeah, and, and actually trying to get up but it's bullshit no, I, he feel knows. Like, yeah. totally. I feel like he, he's doing that so then when he does accept that this guy's so happy and then when he fucks him yeah which he does and yeah. destroys that restaurant's credibility which also once again reminded me very much of the episode of the sopranos where t that guy owes tony money and he the owns sporting a sporting store, goods sporting good store, yeah. and then tony basically fucks that sporting goods store the exact same way yep yeah that's good too because the the way the best way to scam someone is to convince them say that no. they're convincing you. Say you say no and you try yeah. to stop yeah. them. You're like, no, I don't, think, I don't your, know anything yeah, about this. Your like, help. Please. You're like, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's perfect, man. That's, that's why yeah. I don't think really good. Polly yeah. is the babe in the woods nice guy. No, he, that's for sure. what he portrays. I'm not saying he's an innocent person. He's in charge of a mafia family. But he's he, clearly a bad guy. But he's guy. one of the biggest sociopaths. But like, he seems like a big teddy bear. He just seems nice. I know. He runs everything well. He doesn't use a phone. Like, he's a. He's good at what he does. Brent's like he fries his own sausage with he cuts onion. garlic he with a garlic. little razor blade. <laughs> like, I mean, this guy is who I want to be my grandpa. That's also <laughs> the other very famous scene that 
that people icon this iconic scene is when they're in jail and yeah. they're cooking yeah and I, uh he's like i'm gonna go for a walk in the park i know he's like where are you going for a walk in the park <laughs> this movie is <laughs> why i cut garlic the way i do yeah super thin so it liquefies every in the time pan. man so yeah. every time fries <laughs> in the pan how can you not love those Paul? guys got fucking off his back did you see how big those lobsters were they got oh those God, are some nice lobsters nice. That's yeah, East Coast. like three or four pounds. and they open up the ice pack to put the lobsters in there's like 13 steak yeah in there. i know big steaks yeah these you guys are doing well smell the place of something awful but it was cook, good cook a mean steak yeah how you like your steak medium rare hmm an aristocrat <laughs> <laughs> that's a great scene too it is yeah uh so many iconic scenes but once again if this movie could have been so much stronger if it was about half an hour shorter you yeah. gotta get to that point i mean they really they really linger a little bit there in the after tommy dies even like uh, yeah. oh yeah so let's talk about that like because that is like one of the craziest scenes it comes out of nowhere but not i also feel bad because his mom was wishing it like it's weird that his mom knew and that she was wishing him well and watched him go. Yeah. Because then his mom knows what fucking happened. It it seems to me that would they have done that she, that way? I don't see why not. She's she's definitely in that world. Do you know what I mean? Like you like where, where they live, secret? it's everywhere. Yeah. Right. They're Italian, living in the area that is like mafia central. So she she's proud of him. It's like he's graduating. I know, but yeah. so she gets the news. Who fucking tells her? And he what just, do they tell her? He just wouldn't come home, and she would know. Yeah. And she would know to mourn and be quiet. And I bet you she'd receive a big bunch of cash. Yeah. Someone would take care of her. Someone would give Jimmy, her. But yeah. And then you get to see Jimmy being vulnerable, crying in the next scene when he hears the news. He's pissed and he's crying, but selfish. he knows. Yeah, but he knows there's nothing they can do about it. No. Can't do a fucking thing about it. They all they are all like um lucky to be alive. Yeah. Um Yeah, cuz they were with him. Yeah. So actually they yeah, they could have gone down too. Tommy Easily. Tommy realizes instantly when that door goes up oh, and there's nothing no. in there. But we didn't talk about the scene how he got there. So Phil from the Sopranos uh Yeah. Whatever his name is in the movie, he uh, uh yeah. He uh, comes to the bar and says, "Get your get your sham box, Tommy." Billy Betts. That's it. Yeah. Get your sham box. And yeah, then what does he shit. say to him when he says, "Get your sham box, Johnny"? You fucking mutt, you. <laughs> is that the same guy? I feel like it's not. Yeah, no, it is. It's Phil. Yeah. He gets his head ran over in the Sopranos by an SUV. Oh yeah, right. In the parking lot. That's how he dies. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they you they mutt. they weren't allowed to touch him. He could have, he could say whatever. He, he wants. established that in the beginning really well too about how made guys can't be touched yeah. and. Uh, and that guy, but that guy really pushed it. I mean, I'm not saying he deserved to get killed, but that he guy. He just fucked with the wrong guy. guy. Tommy's insane. Like, I think Brent said this last night. That guy knew that he was a made man. He was the only made man there. So he thought he could get away with anything. Oh, yeah. Because they, they're not allowed to his, touch him. He just did off of his uh, jail. Six years. Too. Six years. Yeah. So, like, you're a made guy and you just did time. You're coming out. You're kind of a fucking big deal instantly. Because you kept your mouth shut, you did your time. That's it's, respected his huge. His party's kind of small. I like how De Niro sticks up for Tommy, though, and he's like, yeah, a little bit. You yeah. did it. Yeah, invited him a little you bit. teased him a yeah. little bit. Broke his balls. <laughs> yeah. Do you know they offered that role, Jimmy's role, uh, Al Pacino's, or Bobby De Niro's role to Al Pacino first? And Al Pacino turned it down because he didn't want to be typecast. And then Robert De Niro did it, and then Robert De Niro did Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Pacino no, you know, did Dick Tracy. Did Dick Tracy. You said what De Niro did. Yeah, Pacino did did Dick Tracy. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Instead of this. Yeah, yeah great decision. <laughs> yeah, probably the wrong choice. Wrong. <laughs> Although <laughs> I don't can't see anybody playing Jimmy anymore. No, 
Not no. now. No, no. De Niro's Although, perfect. I, yeah, I know, De Niro. Pacino is fucking amazing. I'm sure he would have, and that was when he was in his at his best. So, I mean, I'm sure it would have been good. It would have been good. No, Pacino probably would have done well. But, I mean, the, it would have been different. You know that a role Hoo-wah. is played well when Hoo-wah. you can't imagine him. it any other way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no, were teasing him. It's true. You were teasing him a little bit. Hoo ah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, apparently, um, um, De Niro was calling the real Henry Hill like eight or nine times a day to ask questions about the real Jimmy to see how he would have done things. And like little things too, I was reading, uh, like how would he have applied, like how would he have poured ketchup from a bottle? When he spins it. Yeah. And so that's like actually very, how he would have done cool. it. So that's I mean, it, it, it's little things that you'd never notice, but then you hear about and you're like fucking dedicated people getting ready for roles. Right? But think of how good that is. It never occurred to me that that was anything before, but I remember how he got ketchup out of a bottle. <laughs> I do. I do. I remember that too. Yeah. It's, that is a funny detail. Yeah. Very interesting. But I, I don't, I feel like the ending is a little anticlimactic. Well, yeah. Because most way of the big stuff up. and the demise, like the whole downward spiral and the... I think that's the point. Yeah. It's because he talks about how he's living a fucking normal life, like a normal schlub now. I just feel like the and way the movie just kind of like this depressing, slow stop, right? Yeah, I, just like his life is. I yeah. just feel like the way they edited it, it felt like the end, The movie was, wasn't quite over yet and it just kind of ended. And I'm not saying the movie wasn't over. I don't want to see it longer. Yeah. I just feel like whether it was in the writing or the editing process, it... It just kind of felt a little anticlimactic. I love the song they use at the end, which is the uh, My Way by... Uh, That's fucking so good too. Another thing where they give that subtle nod to the outsider. They take a traditional song like that, sung by like a traditional mobster type of um, musician, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do it punk. Yeah, and who is the band that sang My Way? Is it? I, I can't. I don't, I don't know who it is exactly yeah. that sings well, that, but that? it's a what's, punk rendition of My Way. It's what, so good. It's yeah. not the Sex Pistols? I don't Maybe. know. I, if it is the Sex Pistols, I want to get that version. Yeah. Well, even if it's not. But uh, yeah, like I, I like that. I mean, this is also one of those movies where I don't know how many movies. Fucking Colin. It's Sid Vicious, man. Yeah. Sid. I, so. I, I don't know how many times that they uh, did this kind of wrap up with the uh, explaining what happened to the characters and stuff. I feel like this was a movie that. Other people saw that and kind of stole from that. Well, Animal House would have done this before they. Well, did. Animal House did it while they were while they were they would freeze frame it and be like, yeah. "This guy like did this," but yeah. this was more serious but and like historic. Th- oh, totally. Yeah. I think when it's a a, a true to life adaptation that you want to know that stuff it's about the only excuse for doing that because you're like these people were real where are they now yeah whereas if it's a fake character you're like don't tell me like your made-up rendition of where they are i just want that yeah who cares yeah and it was the movie this fake person is happily married like fuck off it's the only the only (laughs) the only problem with doing it and now watching it in 2019 is is the information is I think they said that one guy was going to get out in 2004. Or Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy was supposed but to. But like, it's now 2019, so it's like, he's going to get out in 2004, is he? Yeah. So that's the and only Paulie reason was that 2006? Is that when he was Something supposed like to get that, out? Yeah. So that, I think they're both dead. So I, that's they the are. only, it's, once again, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It's just weird to, to see dates 20 years ago and say, oh, I guess you can then go Google and see if they, that really did happen. Yeah. He, Henry, oh, Henry Hill survived. One of them died in jail. Jimmy. Both of them did. Yeah, Polly did Pauly. too. Oh. Polly died of respiratory and. Uh, oh, then that's Jimmy okay. John Heart mentioned. failure, I think. Well, yeah. no, it's not okay, but then it's okay for it makes sense for the audience to read that, that sure. they, when they died and stuff and yeah. died in prison. There's about the only acceptable time to have a director's cut is just update those titles. They really don't see what happened to Karen. They said they just got yeah, divorced. Actually, that was the only weird thing was uh, 
that they, they focused a lot on Karen's character and all they said in the aftermath was she just got divorced. They, he divorced her and that was it. They how do you get say, divorced in witness protection? How does that work? Yeah. You just splitsies. I guess. And you create another new personality? You're like, I'm Janet now and fuck you. <laughs> Janet I, Rossi. I would actually, <laughs> I would actually like to go back and hear some of that Stern stuff. Yeah, it's With super Henry interesting. Hill. I listened to um, Stern quite a bit, and fortunate enough to listen into some of these calls. Really interesting, man. The guy's balls to call in like that, and like yeah. I say, like I can't remember exactly, but I think he was pretty much not in witness protection anymore at the end. I think he had kind of just like. Come I out. thought I'd heard something like that too, but like this is far better than. Uh, I, he couldn't stand. I mean, Scors- anonymity. Scorsese yeah. made so many movies that, uh, and great movies. But I mean, I feel like this is better than Taxi Driver. I feel like this is better than uh, Waging Bull. I, I like this, this better than Casino. I like this better than Casino. Casino, he almost does the exact same thing again, but it's a different story. But he, different goes a bit far. he tells yeah. it in the same way. Raging yeah. Bull and Taxi Driver are great movies, but they're slower. Like, yeah. Goodfellas yeah. pacing is really good, and it's always fun. Like, we were having discussions yesterday, too, about, like, some of the scenes. Um, which was it that uh, we're one of our other friends was saying that they should have been cut a bunch of that stuff where... Um, in the beginning. Fuck it. It was in the beginning. Yeah, it was just childhood stuff. Yeah. Um, but we were like, yeah, maybe that is unnecessary, but none of it's wasted time because I enjoyed seeing all of it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what you're really looking for is what's enjoyable and what's not. But but it's not just enjoyable. The stuff that he was talking about. It's purposeful. It was w- world building. Yeah. Our, our, yeah. And it was building the world of, of being in the mafia, building the world of the time like the, the 50s or whatever. So I, I don't actually feel like it was just fun. I feel like it was valuable. And uh, it, it made me, like once he, once they, he gets initiated and they're like, oh, you did it, you broke your chair, whatever. You know almost everything you need to know. He One, uses a, a lot of freeze frames in this with the voiceover. Mm-hmm. He'll be panning and then he'll freeze on a face and be like, that's when I knew that Jimmy was never going to let me come back from Florida. Yeah, and then at the start, it's um, he uses tons of free frames. When free um, when young Henry's blowing up the cars and yeah. the freeze frame after the explosion, he's like, "One day these kids carried my mom's groceries yeah. home out of respect." And then there's a whole bunch of other incidents where he just freezes and then does the voiceover to punch the point home. And the usually the the characters' faces or the images on screens are really good. Yeah, the father emotional beating representation. Yeah, so, uh, the the, yeah. the explosion now with the car and when he says that the thing that I was we were all laughing when we were watching it and I, I the thing that really resonated hit home to me was that that was a funny line like they did it out of respect but we laugh at that but what it shows is uh, the reason why it's funny is it shows how much he was in love with uh, the world that that yeah. being, be, a being a part of that yeah well, he, he saw the power that they had is yeah got to be super attractive to get that well you want something you get it you just take it yeah Boom, well he mine. says that directly yeah, towards no, the end does. of the movie like we we i would i would gamble all this money and if i lost it i'd go to a shark and if i wanted i'd spend it in the next week and being broke was never a problem because if I ever needed something, I'd take it. I'd just go he, steal. He justifies it too because when he's introducing Polly and how quiet and purposeful he is and Polly's eating a sausage and then I think it might either freeze frames on Polly or it's just a little slower while he's eating his sausage and he's like, this whole thing is about providing protection for people who can't get protection from yeah. the cops. He's like, that's all this is. The voiceover, also the voiceover is so well written because that one, like just an example of all of the great written voiceovers where... Polly steps outside when they're goofing off, hitting each other and making noise, and everyone shuts the fuck up. And he's like, "Polly moves slow." 
that's only because he didn't have to move yeah, fast. Yeah, didn't have to go for anyone. And yeah. uh, and for yeah, he didn't have to move fast for anyone. That is a great piece of writing, and yeah. almost every piece of voiceover is written that well. Yeah, which lets also lets you get away with that because it's not because a lot of time voiceover is bad explanatory like writing. This was not. It's beautiful. It's it's smart. So, it's it, and it's the voice of the world. So let me ask you, because the voiceover is really well done. And something that's not usually um, a benefit to a movie yeah. is actually really well done in this movie. Yeah. But at the end in the court scene, how do you feel about that? When it's not voiceover anymore, but it's it's that same sort of feel where he it's almost like a play. You know, a play when the they break the fourth uh, the fourth wall. Yeah. He breaks that here, and he just starts talking directly to you. The reason why, and my interpretation of why he did that. Well, not why, but how do you feel about it? Do you like it? Well, I'll tell you why. I do because why I think he's doing it and what it does for me is it's the first time that um uh the first time that that character um is talking in the present not the past almost. Yeah, that's that even though there's a kind bit of more that home. comes. Yeah, there's a bit more that comes where he's in his house and getting his paper or whatever and yeah. he's, he's the schlub now. Um but yeah, I kind of got the sense that he was telling the story up to that point and then we've now caught up with him yeah, from the movie's perspective so he gets up out of the chair and, and now then he's talking to you We're in the and present you see now. him like that's the guy that's been talking to us the whole movie so yeah I, I kind of like it didn't that. bug me yeah no 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 it didn't bug me either I just wanted to know because Colin especially is like a very openly uh, hates voiceover and a lot yeah. of this stuff and something like that is a little out of character for the movie yeah and I don't think it's bad I like it I but yeah. it is something that could be, um, you could have problems with it if you wanted to. Yeah. I, I, I think it was, a, it was a, I wonder if they shot it different ways, but like, and then looked at it and saw that it worked or not. But I feel like it, it was, it really works. It really, it, it's almost like, cause without that, then it is, it's even more anticlimactic. I feel like that one moment makes it like the, the movie has changed now. Like John says, we've caught up to him now. And now he's talking in the present. It is a precursor. It's an it's a perfect precursor to the scene in the house in the domestic. It like, takes you of out of the movie, yeah, but world. in a in a good way. Like the movie is over now. Yeah. So it's okay. It's a wrap up. It's, it's the okay wrap up. to yeah. take you out of the movie because it's done. Yep. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I'm trying to think now. He uses a lot of voiceover in Casino too. I think all he, the characters get voiceover because Sharon yeah. Stone does and Joe Pesci does and, and he, De Niro does. He does. The, oh, that's the but only I don't know if it's as effective. I'd have to... It's not It's not as good. And the reason it's not as good, it, it's still a good movie. I, you know what? Well, maybe we'll do that one down the road. Yeah. Because I don't know if it is. I, I'd have to rewatch it. I know it. Sharon Stone, like I hate her in that movie, but like I hate her character, which means she did a really good job. But That's uh, why I appreciate her. I'll, I, and Jimmy Woods. This was yeah. the first time I ever... That was the first movie I ever really liked her because I, I have never hated a character so much and yeah. uh, it was because of how good of a job she does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she holds up. She holds up. We, I don't think we need to do the hold up. I think it holds up. <laughs> do you have anything to say in summation? Of this movie? Yeah, this is... Um, um, with all the gangster type movies we're getting, you can see how all of them pay homage to this one. And even as long as this one is, um, I think it could have been shorter. It could have cut some scenes. I'm hard pressed to identify exactly what those scenes are, but um, I know there'd be some stuff you could lose without losing the tone and, and impact of this movie. And it, the ending is weird because it's not really a big climax. 
but I think it fits with the character having to adapt to his new life of being this everyday schmo that he's been avoiding being uh, for his whole life up to that point. So you kind of like are dragged along into his mundaneness with him and it, and it works. Um, I, this is a good movie. This is a really good mobster movie. Dialogue's good. Acting is all solid. No one actor here steals the show. Um, like, but everybody does like a really amazing job with their characters. Um, so it's good. And based on a true life story, like that makes it, that just gives it that extra little bump that holy shit, a lot of the stuff, maybe 50 to 80% really happened. Uh, and that's really cool that Scorsese was able to hook up with this guy and make a movie of, um, of this quality that still holds up today. I mean, the only thing that would date this movie would be the end with the, what's happened to the characters, but otherwise this is a period piece. So it's going to be timeless. I, I hold up. I I'd say this is a a fantastic movie or a great movie. I feel like if you took a scalper and scalpel and you went in there and you edited out twenty minutes to half an hour, it'd be a perfect fucking movie. But one hundred percent holds up. Couldn't agree more. Totally holds up. I fucking love this movie. I love our mafia expert gives it a thumbs up, folks. Yeah, I give it one and a half thumbs up because <laughs> my other half of the thumb was cut off. No, by a mobster. Yakuza. I love this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think it holds up. I got nothing to add. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah, so I haven't I, seen it in a bit too. So I was, I was very happy. I, like right from the beginning, I was just like, oh, this is. Really, Yoda's really like so good in this. I know. Actually, which is interesting. Watching with yeah. us saying he was bad with the bat, he was the weak link, and I disagree. But no. the scene where he said it was one of the scenes because Leota can in this movie. There's a lot of like overboard laughing because you can tell that the guys go too far so as not to insult anybody every time someone's telling a story usually pesci everyone's laughing like oh way yeah. too much yeah and even jimmy's doing it in that scene with maurice he's like ah, ha, 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 and you're like that's fake laugh and he stops mid laugh and leans over to to henry and goes forget about that thing tonight yeah like you could tell it's all fake laughter and it was one of those scenes that yeah, he had was. mentioned about ray Liotta because he was ah, ha, 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 that fucking super annoying laugh he does yeah and i think that he was he he misinterpreted um Liotta's bad acting. character's yeah. fake acting as his real fake acting. yeah bad acting i yeah. do love i do love when he's, he's my ineloquent when jimmy's speaking and Jimmy's telling all of the stories about bing, bang, boom, oh. and then uh, he, I wake up and he's like, I thought I told you your fucking mother. <laughs> uh, and then the other one was like, ah, 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 don't say it. Don't say ah, ah. I love all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Good fellas. Good movie. <laughs> fellas. John thought of that on the toilet as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. It's my best thinking What's spot. going on today? My throne. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right. check it out. Timeless movie. Really good. If you like gangsters, <laughs> like people getting shot in the face and ice picks in the back of their necks, then you check it out. I do like that. Right on. And that guy's impossible hair. You motherfucker, you. All right. See you later, folks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.